Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and welcome to Ask a Windermere Coach. And this is our coaching podcast where we tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. We want to provide you with some detailed answers and proven solutions to some of your biggest challenges that we might face today in our in our industry. And uh, I am so uh, I'm so excited today because I've got my good buddy Miles Turner with me today. Miles, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. You know, Miles and I not not only does Miles coach with Windermere Coaching, but Miles is also a ninja. How many times have you been through Ninja, Miles? Three times. Three times. Three, Three times. times. Did you learn something new every time you took it? Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Still learn. Yeah, every day. Time over, I learned something new. I love it. I love it. Well, Miles is also a good friend of mine. And uh, for those of you listening, if you're not familiar with Miles, you are from Riverside, California. Tell us kind of where that is. So Riverside is about 60 miles east of LA um, or, you know, 60 miles east of Orange County. We're about about 45 minutes from Palm Springs, if that kind of just gives anybody an idea of where we are on the map. Um, it is referred to as the Inland Empire, the Golden Triangle. You know, about, we're about an hour from everything, the mountains, the water, and the desert. Yeah, well, I, I love visiting there. Um, it's a cool place to go. Uh, and for the, our listeners, Miles, you've been in this business for 16 years, right? 16 years. I started off as an intern in, the, in this office, and now the managing broker of the office here in Riverside on Merrill. I love it. And you've got three kids and one on the way. One on the way, yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, and that's a wrap. That is a wrap. That is a wrap. I love it. I love it. That's a whole um, separate podcast right there. Exactly. Well, and, and so let's talk about the, to- the topic we're talking about today. And one of the things I will let all of you know is Miles turns about a transaction a week. Um, I think this year you're going to be in the 50, 50 transactions for the year uh, category. And what I will say is that consistently every year, Miles, you increase. Um, because you dial in your processes and your systems. And that's really what we want to talk about today. Um, so a lot of times what we find in this industry, specifically in the market we're in right now, is we have, would you say, Miles, we have sellers that have expectations sometimes that are a little crazy? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, what everyone sees right now, they've all got the, the app on their phone. You know, they're looking at the neighbor's houses and they think that, you know, they can keep pushing the number up and up and up the, as if there's no ceiling. Um, and they get grandiose ideas of aligning the price that they need, and I put that in quotation marks, um, to get where they want to go. And they, they assign that to their house, whether it's uh, supported by the market or, or not. Right. Well, and I know that, um, you know, Miles also is a relocation specialist for, uh, in his area. And so this particular transaction we're going to talk about today was a relocation transaction. And... Uh, Miles and I were on a coaching call, and uh, one of the things Miles was talking about, and we find this happen a lot, Miles, is that 
a lot of times agents will get so tied to the transaction, right? So their mind just gets wrapped around, I got to get the listing, I got to get the listing. And they let all their principles and all their processes go out the window. And they bring on this, uh, this seller that's got an expectation that's not realistic, if you will, according to what the, the, the data is saying in the market. What's been your experience in those situations when, when you've done that? Uh, how's that transaction gone for you? I mean, anytime where I have overpromised in an effort to get the listing, knowing that the market doesn't support it, and I should, you know, I'm not overpromised. I mean, as you always tell me, the market really makes the prices. So, you know, the anytime that's happened though, you end up with a seller who makes plans predicated on the information you give them. And when it doesn't happen, the only person they're going to blame is you. It has nothing to do with you because it's, you know, it's the market, but they're going to come to you, which then sullies that current transaction and any chance you have of getting a referral. And when, as we all know, when someone's unhappy with your service, they're going to tell significantly more people than if they were happy with your service, just the way it goes. And when they're sitting there at work and they're complaining to their coworkers about how their house isn't selling, et cetera, et cetera, there, go, there goes all your possible referrals. They, they just don't go well. Um, I mean, I'll be the first to say that, I mean, like where you brought up, Mike, that, you know, to be clear, I am a person who's very serious about my listing opportunities. You know, I don't, um, you know, I believe that we only get so many listing opportunities a year and your ability to capitalize upon those listing opportunities determines how your year is going to play out. And I, you know, I clear my calendar for most listing days. I have listing appointments. But at that same time, like you said earlier, there are certain things that I will not do. And one of those is abandoning the principles, over-promising, you know, a seller a price that's not realistic, um, you know, and because I'm not going to let go of the professionalism just to have them sign the listing agreement, buy the listing is what, you know, we usually refer that, right. that right. as. I'm, I'm not going to do it. it, it I, I'm not going to say I haven't done it in the past, just to be quite clear and be candid, yeah. <laughs> but it's done so poorly and I've learned my lesson, I will not continue to do it as I move forward in my career. Right. Well, and I think this is particular, this particular situation is you, you do phenomenally well with your success on getting relocation listings. You know, let's face it, you go on a relocation consultation and you do really, really well. And I remember this specifically, we were having this conversation. You said, hey, I went on this consultation and the husband really likes me, right? That's but, that was the case. But you were getting, but you're getting a weird vibe from the wife. I was. I mean, and you've trained me quite well to pay attention to everyone's body language. Uh, anytime somebody gets quiet, there's a reason that they've, they've sort of stepped out of the conversation. Um, and I was, I had that vibe from her energy around pricing. Um, and that would have been the time where I would have let go of all my, you know, principles and just put a, a higher number on it. But I wanted to be realistic with where the market is. And by the time that you've gone through trend graphics, the pond and the local comparables, typically the market has spoken. And um, long story short, I mean, we left, we left on great terms. I added value in that presentation. I had the title company map a section. They found out they had a couple acres they didn't know about once I had it mapped. So, you know, really we had a great overall consultation. And, you know, as the other agents came and interviewed, the RMC reached out to me and, you know, said, you know, the seller really liked you. Um, they just had a question. Uh, is there any way that this home might be worth more than where you valued it? I said, well, if, if we're going to go back and look at the, uh, the trend graphics, they're getting 101 to 102% average list price. So possibly, yes. He said, well, we were kind of thinking more in the range of $80,000 more than where you valued it. Wow, okay. 
And when you get that call, you pretty much know that, you know, they're looking, once you say no, that that's the end of it. But I let them know, no. I said, I wish I could tell you it was. I don't make the prices. I said, I went through a significant amount of market information and that's what's currently supported. And, you know, I, I can send that over to you as well. And I didn't get the listing, long story short. And I mean, as, as you know, Michael, I was not happy about that. I'm not <laughs> that I was happy about it. Um, I mean, I won't even lie to the, to the listeners. The, um, but I think the important part was I knew it wasn't, it, it wasn't going to sell at that number. And I, I just not going to take them when they're that drastically overpriced. It's going to end poorly for all parties involved. Right. And I well, and let it go. Well, and I love it because we had that conversation and, and I said, Hey, I said, Miles, you know, when one door closes, another door opens and we had that talk and, um, and I know you were like, and I said, don't beat yourself up over it, right? And you said, oh my gosh, but I know, and I think we even said, on these reloads, should I just start, I, you know, I'm getting beat by people just giving them a price. Should I just start changing my price? And I think you and I talked about it. I said, no, I said, it's not going to benefit you because it's, 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 a, it's a short game. It's a short mentality game uh, when you start doing that. And what you're doing is you're doing, uh, you're trying to build business off of unethical type of practices, right? And that's very short lived. Let's work on ethical practices. Let's do what you know you do well, and let's stick to what the market's telling us. And you know what? And let this one go. There, there's going to be another one right behind it. When this transaction, you think of this one, there's going to be another one tomorrow. But I think the best, the best part of this story that I want people to hear is that um, you watched it. So, so let's kind of walk through it. So, so you, you, you connect with the husband. The wife wants to have a higher price, $80,000 higher roughly. So they go ahead and they find they find an agent that's going to do it for them, right? Absolutely. So they find an agent that's going to do it for them. They get it listed. And I want to give you credit for this, Michael, because you've always told me that, you know, to even when you don't get them, that's still a referral source. And it took me a long time to realize that because I was like, they didn't choose me. I don't know how they'd be a referral source. But so I have actually started now, and this has paid off this year, when I don't get something or a piece of business goes a different direction, I still continue to stay in flow with my three touches a month with those people. So I'm not, so with this uh, particular client, really had a great conversation with them. I knew they were going to stay local. I just enjoyed them as people. So I put them on, I kept in flow with them, put them on HomeBot, Neighborhood, uh, neighborhood News, Home Update, you know, uh, Just Listed, Just Sold. And obviously not listing the list. This is just stuff we do to stay in flow. It's already listed. Right. But about, I watched the listing. It didn't move. Price reduction, price reduction, price reduction. So so let's, let's be clear that everybody's listening. So the home goes on the market of what that agent said, hey, this is what I can get you, right? And it was in the expectation of the, of the, of the wife. And it goes on and it sits, sits. So this is going back, probably you showed them the pond in your yep. consultation where they said they, now they've dropped into that stagnant mass, right? Now, and that's a, and that's a great segue because I, he randomly, he emailed me, he got one of the home body emails and he replied to it. And, you know, just say, hey, what's going on with the market in my area? And, you know, we went, back and forth briefly, but he told me he had dropped into the stagnant mass. He had a couple showings right when it came on the market, but now it was on the market with no showing. So he had now dropped into that stagnant mass. And fast forward a couple of weeks, I get an email from uh, the RMC saying the homeowner is- So everybody listening, what's, what's the RMC? Relocation? Uh, relocation management company. Okay. So the, All right. So yeah. perfect. Okay who typically will, you know, represent the seller before you start talking to them. Right. Um, the, they reached out to me and said, you know, uh, Mr. Gardner um, has, you know, decided that he no longer wants to continue 
to work with his current listing agent and he would wanted to know if you would be willing to come back and list his property. And I love it. And I could, I was like, you know, I can't say the words on the podcast. <laughs> but I said, I know it's a clean podcast, but he, I, you know, it was very, um, you know, it was very satisfying. I'll say to, yeah. to get that email. Right. I mean, both because, you know, I really liked him as people, but also it was a testament to the fact I, the market doesn't lie. You know, you, you've always told me that and then just goes through that. The market is the market. We as agents do not get to make the market. Sellers don't make the market. And the market spoke to him. And all of the, uh, he, you know, after I got that, I called him. We had a nice conversation. He apologized profusely. Which I love is, it. So he apologized to you. Oh, probably. He said, you know, I'm so sorry that we did this to you. We should have just gone. We should have listened. He said, you brought us all the information. We just didn't want to hear it. Um, and he says, I, you know, now we know that all, this, all the information you gave us is, is correct. And we, we just want to apologize. And we appreciate the fact that you would still take us back after, you know, we, we let you go like that. I said, no, absolutely. I mean, that's why I kept in flow with you and I kept in contact. Um, you know, I don't take it personal. I said, I, but I have to uphold what I know is the marketplace. And, you know, and he goes, and he said, I appreciate that. He said, I appreciate that because now we know you're being truthful with us. And this time, when I went back to the house, the wife came over and she apologized. And she said, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it this time. So <laughs> tell me what I'm supposed to do, and I will do everything you want me to do in the house. And they got it all, you know, set up. We're going to do photos here soon. Um, they've got it set up great. We're going to list. Unfortunately for them, and this is, you know, somewhat telling, that market in this particular region has cooled. So I had the pond and train graphics from my first visit and the pond and train graphics from, from my current visit two weeks ago. Unfortunately, there's more inventory and the market has leveled off. So they are now looking at, we're going to be listing about 25,000 back from where, lower than where I was before. And of course, they didn't definitely didn't want to hear that, but they know from previous experience that I'm only being honest with them about where the market is and they have that level of trust that that is what it is. Um, well, this is interesting. So think about this. And I think for the listeners out there that are listening to our podcast that are not in real estate, but you're a potential seller, <clears throat> there's, there's a lesson to be learned here. And the lesson is this, is that real estate don't set the market. The market does. And when they're giving you that comparative market analysis and they're laying it out in front of you and they're giving you the range, they're being honest with you with that range. And if your expectations are high, and I always say this, it's not the market that doesn't allow your house to sell. It's the decisions as a seller you have made that it inhibited your ability to sell your house. And most likely you selected an agent who was giving you the price that was not realistic. Mm -hmm. right it's 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 all on you and now the unfortunate part is even in and by the way miles correct me if i'm wrong but when you initially had this consultation the market was pretty hot they could have they could have capitalized and probably put twenty five thousand dollars more in their pocket if they would have gotten in line with what you were talking about than where they are today correct i think they they probably left about 20 to twenty five thousand out by not positioning the home appropriately the first pass because right. now they have significantly more competition and there's some new product that's come on the market some newer builds and they're facing a lot of competition so now they're going to have to compete for the buyer versus the buyers competing for their home and this this definitely uh did not you know unfortunately for them did not go in their in their favor right and you know and i think uh you know the saying we always have is the biggest mistake a seller can make in this market is leaving money on the table and chasing the market because their expectations are too high 
because they're looking at where it is. And, and even though it's a seller's market and we've got homes that are selling quickly in multiple offer situations, you know, the market is dynamic and it's changing weekly, correct? Absolutely. And, that, and that's why, I mean, anytime where I, even if I have a listening, you know, initial consultation, we come back two, three weeks later, I run everything again because it can shift that quickly if more people come on the, you know, come on the market, if, you know, a, a comp comes through that sort of sets a, you know, a new cap, you have to look at it and real estate is also hyper local. You have to look at what's going on directly around that property. They can shift within 30 days um, in a specific area. So it's really important to look at it each time. And, and that's why I mean, typically I try to stay away from the word price when I'm talking to my clients. So let's have a cooperative conversation about value. Um, it's not, I, and we don't have to get all into the price and everything. I want everyone to come to the table and you know come together and look at what the market is. I'm not going to tell them anything. I'm going to show them what's going on in the market. Then we can have a cooperative conversation about setting up that value. But you know it's really important that they kind of you know understand that you can leave money on the table by positioning the home in such a way, as you said, making a decision that causes it not to sell can cost you significantly more money than you may gain at that higher number. Right. And, you know, and a good, a good point you bring up too, is that for people listening who are thinking about hiring a real estate agent, there's some critical factors that you should think about. Number one, how many transactions is this agent doing on a consistent basis? I mean, Miles, you're generating a transaction a week. You're in this data every single week. You are in your marketplace every single week, analyzing the ups and the downs, the flow of what's happening in inventory and absorption rate. Number two, you have high list to sell ratios. Tell me what that means. Like if, what, what's a high list to sell ratio? So list to sell ratio is essentially, if, if I were to put a, a property in the market, what percentage of list price on average do I get for that property? And right now my list, list to sale price ratio is at 102.6, so 102.6%. So if I list a price or a property for 500,000, I'm going to get 102.6% of 500,000 on average. And that's kind of what we refer to as the agent metrics, which, you know, an athlete has stats, rushing yards, you know, uh, you know, batting averages, batting average, et cetera. And that speaks to the athletes, uh, you know, historical performance in their respective sports. The agent metric speaks to the agent's historical performance in the marketplace, which is important for anybody who's going to sell a house because it gives a strong indication of how they're going to perform for you. And, you know, that's an absolute must for any, you know, seller who might hear this, they're going to interview an agent. They need to bring those agent metrics and show you up front because any, any agent can say, Hey, I'm, I'm a platinum award winner and I'm, I'm the number one. And you can say whatever you want. They're all just names. I don't even know what all these things mean, but what doesn't lie are the numbers and the MLS. That's stats so if they say they sell and they can sell then they need to show it and it's just three three graphics they can bring to you from the mls and if they come without them it's a it's not a good start to your uh listen <laughs> well and i and i think the other one that's really important is days on market days on market yep right, so, right so if you've got high list of sell ratios and low days on market what you're really telling me is that uh you perform at a faster pace i mean the way you price a home allows it to uh, enhance its number of eyeballs that look at it, right? So you get competition, you do it in a shorter amount of time and you enhance uh, the demand, therefore going above uh, the list price. Um, and that's important. And, and, and so here's the thing. So these individuals that were on this relocation transaction that you, that you initially did not get, they were not looking at any of that. They were just looking at, here's what the price is that we want. And this agent says we can get it. And that's gonna come back to bite you as a seller 
more than than more more than it will less, right? I mean, it's going to come back yeah. to get you. It is. I mean, and I, I mean, I, I always try to help my clients to what I usually say is, you know, position the home in such a way that it gives the property the opportunity to earn a higher number, but also position it in such a way that the it won't be, you know, um, overlooked in the marketplace due to pricing. And you want to give it both chances, but that means you have to position it correctly. Because if you go too far, you're going to be discarded. You're going to be ignored. You're just going to yep. sit there in front of stagnant mass. You know, obviously, you don't want to go necessarily too low either. You want to give the opportunity to, to earn that higher number, but within reason. And when, it, when you do position a home correctly on the marketplace, you will have the combination of a high list price to sell ratio and low days on market, where they got probably more money than list price and they got it out of there in a reasonable amount of time. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, what most sellers are hoping for. Right. Well, and to kind of wrap this up, I think uh, for the listeners, I would say uh, some of the key things that Miles brings to the table, the number one is know your market, right? Know your market really well, be, be in the market, understand it, know the metrics. They always use the tools that can articulate what's happening. So you talked about the pond, the pricing pond, which you talk a lot about in Ninja. Uh, you use the CMA tool, you use the scattergram, um, those are those are tools you, you talked about trend graphics, right, and articulating what the market is doing. And then the other one is have confidence in your ability to understand your pricing and hold your ground, right? Don't don't acquiesce to a seller's crazy expectations. Yeah, and I think and there's a lot of there's a a lot of power in saying no. You know, it's just I'm sorry, you guys. It's nothing against them. It's just you know this is not a fit and it's not it's not going to work out. And I think when people know that you're willing to stay that steadfast to your beliefs and where you believe the marketplace is, there's a lot of power in that. And they know that you're, you know, there's, they're, you're holding to your principles. And that's typically somebody who they want to represent them. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, well, hey, I want to thank you for taking the time today and kind of talking this through. I think it's important for agents to hear this because remember, don't get attached to the outcome, uh, get attached to the relationship. And as you, you see, I mean, Miles got Husband and wife, they apologize to you. <laughs> yeah, that felt real, real great. I'm not gonna lie, it felt great. It felt yeah. great. <laughs> right. And 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 it built trust. You know, what you did and how you came back and how you stuck with them, it built trust and, and they have trust in you. And that's what you're looking for in a in a transaction. More of those type of transactions are going to be a lot more pleasant to have than the ones where you're trying to jump through hoops where you know that you know you can't meet their expectations, but you're trying to do it anyways, and that's no fun for anybody. No, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't end well. I mean, it just like we said about earlier, they make plans predicated on those numbers and it doesn't happen. And it's, it's going to fall on you. Yep. It's going to fall on you. They're going to blame you for it. Well, hey, everyone, hopefully you found this helpful. Hey, Miles, if people want to reach out and get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, reach out to me directly. My cell phone is 951-640-7345 or my email is milesturner at windermere.com. All right. And I want to say, uh, Miles is a true go-giver. Uh, he's always happy to help or give advice whenever he can. He's been doing this for a while. He's highly successful at it. And uh, I want to thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on. All right, everyone. If you, if you found this podcast uh, helpful or good information, would you please feel free to give us a rating and also pass it on, share it with somebody. Uh, and if you have any other type of topics you'd like us to talk about, you can reach me directly at fanning at windermere.com. And we'll always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.
Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.